Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, Syl Cleary is a keen Irish dancer and regularly competes in competitions. Nothing too unusual in that, except Syl is from Barcelona and came across Irish dancing completely by accident. But to further add to the uniqueness, Syl, who now lives in Ireland, is the only trans non-binary person taking part in the sport. Syl, good afternoon. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? So uh, explain first how a kid growing up in Barcelona even hears about Irish dancing. Oh, that's that's the crazy story. Um, we went with the school to like a Celtic kind of like um, like a trad set kind of like how to explain this, like a Celtic little um, concert where they were showing us, you know, what a reel is, what a jig is. And I had never heard that kind of music before. And I loved it. So I went back home and I asked my parents, do we have anything like this here? And they showed me a VHS of a Nari dancing show that we were gifted years ago. And I was like, okay, let me see what this is about. And I watched it and I completely fell in love with this. And that was me. I think I was like 14, 15 at the time. So obviously kind of late for, you know, what people would consider starting Irish dancing. Um, so the first thing I did was I'm going to research and see if I can learn this here. And to my demise, I couldn't find many places where uh, they could teach me dancing. I found a local group. Uh, so I joined them and I did whatever I could Uh but then I said, you know, I, I really want to compete and I would love to be in a show someday. I just I really love this. It's like it's my passion. Right. And like I feel like I'm learning on my own. So I'm going to go to summer camps and learn from teachers. And that's what I did for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and then I eventually. Sorry. Yeah. And those summer camps, were they in, were they in Spain or, or did you have to travel? Not at for all. Those? No, I went. The first one I went to was in France and the other one was in Germany. And in the one in Germany is where I met my then they would become to be my teacher for the next two years. Uh, he was based in Germany, but I was living in Barcelona. So what I would do was uh, literally get in, in the plane for like a week, uh, travel there for a week, learn my dances, compete on the weekend and come back home and then do this like every three months or so, whenever I could, uh, miss school and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was uh, it was hard, but it was at least a way that I had to compete at the time because, again, at the time there were no schools in Barcelona. Okay. Today there is a school where one of my friends actually is um, there teaching it, but at the time there was nothing and I felt a bit alone in that sense. So I just kind of did it on my own and, yeah, kept going it. As I understand it, there was a bit of a gap because, you know, life responsibilities and that kind of thing kind of pulled you away from Irish dancing for a while. It did, yeah, yeah. Back when I was 18, then I had to find a job. So obviously I couldn't just, you know, like disappear for like weeks on end just to learn and stuff. So I had to stop doing it. Um, And then a few years later, I kind of like, just had one of those like midlife crisis, I'd say, where probably not age appropriate, but I was like, you know what, I think <laughs> I need a change or something. And I was like, I'm going to see if I can uh, move to Ireland and join a school and dance and compete. And, you know, like it's never too late. Like I still I still love it. So I was like, right, I'm going to throw in a message to the universe. I'm going to try to see if I can like um, join any like, you know, get a job in Ireland uh, while I'm here in Barcelona. And I'm going to give it a couple of weeks and see what happens. If after a couple of weeks there's no luck, then I'll just have it as a sign from the universe that I'm meant to stay here. And, you know, it was good while it lasted. But I got a phone call within two hours of applying to a job. I was like, okay, no, this is, you know, this is a sign. I have to go there. Like, I don't really believe in that kind of stuff, but I took it as that. And I literally moved to Ireland within like two or three weeks after that. Um, and I've been here ever since, and that was seven or eight years ago. My word. And did you know anyone in Ireland when you moved here? 
Not at all. No, I literally left everything and everybody behind and I just came here on my own, <laughs> uh, which was a bit scary. And, you know, when people are saying, oh, like, how did, did you move to Ireland for like the job? I was like, I actually kind of really want to get into dancing again and I miss it. And I know I'm considered too old for it, but you know what? I don't care. I just want to I just want to see if that's going to make me happy. And, and it did. Uh, it really made me really happy. Yeah. When you joined an Irish dancing school here, did you find the standard was the same as what you'd experienced in other countries? or was it higher? Depends, really, because there's many different... So something that I didn't know uh, from the get-go was that there's many different organizations and in different organizations have different standards, they have different rules. So there's not just like a one global, let's say, Irish Dancing Council where everybody goes. So I kind of dabbled in different organizations and I found that the first one I joined wasn't really cater for adults, like the age groups and stuff like this and competitions where like, you know, a 17 up or 18 or plus, or once you hit like 21, then you're paired with everybody else. So I kind of left that. And then that's when I found out about WIDA, which is the World Irish Dance Association, which is where I'm now. And they are really, really uh, catering for adults as well. Like in our world championships, we have even over 45 as a category. And there's enough dancers there to have a category, which is crazy. Like otherwise, in other competitions, I would have been like dancing against people that are 15 years younger than me. We have way more experience. Uh, But now I'm dancing against people that might have, you know, a five year gap, which I think is more fair because obviously the body's not the same when you're 31 than when you're 18. (laughs) We all know that. Yeah, that is true. Now, now, now parallel to this, uh, at what stage in your life did you did you start to think I I wasn't born into the right gender? Plus, also, then you came to the conclusion that you were non-binary. Did those two things happen at the same time or one after the other? or, Or what was the timeline there? I think it has been it has been always a thing where I've always been a bit I've been feeling a bit weird, like I was forced to behave a certain way or just a certain way, and I never really felt comfortable with it. When I was growing up, I don't think, at least what I, in the time that I was growing up, we never had this knowledge. Like I never knew what non-binary was, like until recently, until I started looking into it. Um, so you know, just just talking uh, to my spouse and my friends and stuff, and in my therapist as well and kind of looking it's like right what exactly like what could be this and just seeing what the way I'm feeling and I publicly came out as like non-binary last year but this comes from like basically all my life like I think if I had had this knowledge when I was a teenager I probably would have come out then and because it all kind of clicked into place if that makes sense it's almost like I've been not that I've been living a lie or kind of in a way I've been like forcing myself to be a certain way and to act a certain way and I never feel comfortable and now I feel like I'm just me like mm. you know like for me no binary is not really being like oh I, I change genders or I'm no gender for me it's just I am me with no like how, how do you say it? like nothing attached to it no, no need to fit in a box you know I can just do whatever feels comfortable and whatever feels like me which it's hard to explain I, I guess for everybody that's non-binary it's a bit different mm. when people transition from let's say male female into another male female it's almost like there is a path to go there you know you know you have to get into HRT and you need to get these surgeries and that kind of stuff for non-binary it really depends on person to person yeah. And I th- I still think that I'm still transitioning in a way, like I still figuring out things about myself and all the time. And again, I just kind of do whatever makes me feel more like me, if that makes some sense. Yes. Yeah. And I, it's in- interesting, given, I suppose, your first language is Spanish and, and, yeah. and many languages are quite gendered. Everything is he or she. Is Does that make, does that, make that more difficult? That has been a problem for sure. I find that English is more accommodating because then my, my pronouns are they, them. 
which they don't have. Like it's not an actual translation to Spanish. That there's no such thing. So I had to find my Spanish pronouns. And then when I speak in Spanish or Catalan to my friends, I struggle a lot because you've always learned, let's say, like, you know, you use the A for uh, feminine and you use the O for masculine. And for non-binary, apparently you can use the E, but it's it's like hardwiring your brain. So I find it easier for people just to like refer to me as if I was a he, even though that's not what I use in English. But it's easier for people as well as say like my grandfather, who like I was trying to tell him what non-binary was. And obviously he didn't get half of it, but he was like, well, are you OK if I call you my grandson? I was like, yep, you know what? That doesn't hurt me. So you can do it if it makes it easier for you. Mm -hmm. So I find English much better in that sense. Gendered language had a bit of a problem and it's quite hard. And I keep misgendering myself all the time. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to. As long as I'm communicating, it's it's been a hurdle, but uh, yes. I am also losing my my Spanish and English anyway. Because I sorry, my Spanish and Catalan because I don't speak it that much. Um, but yeah, English is definitely better when it comes to pronouns and coming out and things like that. Because it is like a naturally speaking, a, a, like a language that nothing is gendered. Otherwise, mm. in Spanish, it's like the chairs are gendered, the table is gendered, and it's it's all crazy to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> now, for the, but for Irish dancing competitions, they're very gendered as well. Uh, so right. how do you navigate through that? That has been that has been a doozy, to be honest. Um, so I dance for WIDA, which is the World Aries Dance Association, and they are an open platform, which means we can also dance in other associations if they're also open platform. So the first thing that I did when I moved to my uh, current school in Ishri Academy, I told the teacher, hey, just so you know, I'm non-binary. I don't know what this means, but I want to keep com competing. And I know that it's always been like senior lady, senior man, that kind of stuff. So what can we do? So she contacted WIDA and told them about me. And they said, I, I don't think there's a problem because currently we don't have enough men to usually like split them around. And even if they do, like, you know, we'll, we'll see when we get there. And so far, I've been dancing openly as a non-binary dancer in WIDA for the last year and a half or so. I haven't had a single problem. Nobody has said to me that I couldn't dance. Um, if anything, I've been complimented and celebrated for me being a bit different, uh, which I didn't expect. Obviously, you get a few stares at the beginning because people are wondering, you know, what's going on and like, why are they wearing pants or like, you know, why do they look the way they look <laughs> and are they a man? Are they a girl? And um, but everybody has been really welcoming. And same thing with other open platforms. We have inquired as well if I can dance there. And we've only had issues with one of them that said, oh, well, we, we don't want to separate it, like put it them together. Because um, generally the judges would give uh, better marks to the men. I was like, okay, well, that's that's not my fault. That's probably when you're judging. But, you know, everybody else, like three or four organizations that we dance for, completely welcoming, no problem at all. Whether I want to dance like, you know, like traditionally man steps or like feminine steps, they don't care. So to be honest, it has been it has been like a breath of fresh air. I think it's it was needed in the world. OK, okay. and you, yeah. you and I understand you just won a, a, a title. Uh, what, what did you win? I won uh, my first major title. So uh, I danced at the All Ireland Championship uh, back in July uh, in Donegal. And I danced, obviously, my my championship, which was the uh, under 35. But then I also danced the traditional ch championship, which is a championship where you have to dance three different rounds of traditional sets. And then, uh, obviously, it was the, you have the podium, you have your sashes, and then the teacher goes on stage because it is a title. Um, so I danced that almost like... How do I say it? Like, I wasn't really planning on entering and I entered like the last possible minute because my teacher was like, you know what, you should do it. Because I've always been very like, I don't think traditional sets suit me. I don't think I'm good at them. So I've been not doing it. But she pushed me forward and she's like, no, 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 I think you're good at them. You just have this in your head. You know, just 
go ahead and do it. And like, okay, fine. Yeah. So we did that. Showed up on the day. I completely forgot to pack my outfit because when you dance in that championship, you have to wear all black. That's something that they do as, you know, like a tradition. Mm. Sorry to interrupt. So what do you wear? Because, you know, the way as well, like, you know, the men kind of wear a shirt and trousers. uh, uh, The the women wear a kind of what do you wear? Oh, I wear uh, something that I, I got made by Rising Stars, uh, who are a designer. And I told them, hey, look, I am non-binary. I would like to see if you would be comfortable making me something different, which I think I would love to have long pants because I feel comfortable wearing them. But I don't want to wear a vest, uh, a waistcoat and a shirt. How about I get the top of a dress and then instead of having a skirt, I have pants. Huh, and that's right. what they made for me. It's like it's like a vest that you put at the back. And obviously, I'm also, um, you might not know this, but I'm huge into Marvel. So I have lots of Avengers at the back of my of my costume. <laughs> and that has been also, people like approaching me and be like, do you have, like, is it Black Panther at the back of your costume? Do you have Captain America? I was like, I do, I do. <laughs> so it's, it's a very weird costume. Uh, so that's why it stands out, even if... You don't know about my gender. Do you just look at it and like, that's different. Yeah. And you don't see that around that much. <laughs> uh, but it's not the first one that they've made. They've made similar ones for the people around the world as well. So I know I'm not the only transgender dancer. I know I'm not the only non-binary dancer. I just oh. happen to be the only one in the organization that I'm dancing in at the minute. All right. But the day you won, you forgot that outfit. So, so what did you wear? Oh, so I was supposed to wear like a long sleeve shirt uh, with the black pants uh, to be very neutral. I completely forgot that. So what I had, the only thing that I had black was the shirt that I wear under my costume, which is like a short sleeve, very, very tight shirt with some long black pants. The thing as well that you should know is that I'm heavily tattooed. When I say heavily is I have full sleeves, I have my chest, I have my full back. So I was thinking, here we go. I didn't pack anything that's going to hide my tattoos. Doesn't matter how I dance, they're just going to you know, put me last or whatever, because it hasn't happened, but sometimes it can happen mm. that some judges, you know, don't like the tattoos being visible. Now, mind you, there's no rules about it, but it's, you know, it's it's a no fashion sport sometimes. So I was really like, you know, not really caring about the results that much and just kind of trying to enjoy it. So the first round I go up there, being very conscious that I'm wearing a very, very tight shirt. You can see my flat chest. You can see my tattoos. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this. And that's what I did. And that's the mindset I kept going through the last three rounds. And that's probably what got me the, the placement that I did because I wasn't thinking I did well at all. I was just doing it for fun, um, which it was it was mind-blowing to me, to be honest. Like when they were calling the results, I was like very confused. And you can see the photos of me being like processing everything. And like my friends, they're looking at me like shouting and screaming. And I was like, wait, it, wait, what? Is this me? Hang on, what? <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, congratulations uh, uh, to you, Sil, and many more years of success as well. Sil Cleary, thank you very much. Thanks so much. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.